Yes, I hear you. I hear you now on the Skype. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, let me uh, plug in the um, the uh, show intro, and we'll be on in a second. All right. Thanks for being patient. Albert Rosales is on the line with us. Here is your normal Plan 9 Radio Mysterioso intro. future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Radio Mysterioso. Okay, a little better late than never. It's Rodney Mysterioso here uh, for um, Sunday, November 3rd of 2013. There's your timestamp. And as promised, I have on the line with me Albert Rosales, who runs the uh, Humanoid Reports website, which I'm sure I got the name wrong of that website. Did I, Albert? Well, it's under UFO Info and is under the U- Humanoid Contact Database. So if you go into ufoinfo.com, then go into uh, Humanoids, you'll find me there. Oh, okay. Let me turn yeah. down my mic there. Sorry about that. Uh, the reason I wanted to have um, Albert on is that for a long time I've been looking at that site, been fascinated by it, and if anybody, including, including Al, Albert, knows, I, I have, I've ver- I'm very tired of the ufology side of things, but I'm still, sub- I'm still fascinated by the subject. And the fact that this site exists, it's like having, and I, and I don't know, Albert, maybe other people have told you this, it's like having all these old UFO books like um, uh, The Humanoids by, um, what's his name, Bowen, Charles Bowen? Charles Bowen, uh, Yeah. back in the, uh, the, the Humanoids, the old book of The Humanoids, remember it yeah. very well. And UFO Occupants by uh, Coral Lorenzen, Coral and Jim Lorenzen from APRO. It's like having that, except about 100 times bigger and a lot more sophisticated, online, accessible all the time. And I think it's amazing. And um, that's what – I don't know if you started this yourself, but we'll get into that. And that's who our guest is, the guy that started this, catalogs things, and basically has command of the site. and I did the first thing you usually ask somebody is, like, well, how did you get into this? But I saw your essay about having this stuff going on all through your life. So maybe you can describe that a little bit for everyone first, because that, that you know, some of that stuff is all of it's pretty fascinating. Well, uh, 
when I was younger, uh, mostly that's when a lot of stuff happened to me. Um, mostly, uh, I was born in Cuba. I migrated to the Spain then to the U.S. back in 1967. When I was a kid, I, I did experience several incidents. Uh, one one incident that always had has been in the back of my mind. We were at a beach. Yeah, this is in Cuba, maybe in the early 60s, middle 60s, and all of a sudden I found myself alone in the beach, and I was surrounded. What what it seemed to me like a bunch of large crabs coming out of the hole. You know when they come out of the hole in the but these were very large crabs. Now I, I couldn't remember anything else. All of a sudden I found myself at the end of the pier, an, an old wooden pier that was all rickety and falling apart. I was at, right at the end of it. Oh, my, my parents were going crazy looking for me and they finally located me at the end of the pier. They went, they didn't know how that, how did I get to that, to that pier since it was, there were, it was little holes and it was pretty dangerous. That was one incident I remember. I remember another incident. Uh, we were sitting around the outside one of the regular blackouts that used to occur where I lived in the city of Santa Clara in Cuba. And I was sitting around. I was young. And my parents and some of the neighbors sitting outside playing dominoes, drinking coffee. All of a sudden, across the streets, uh, there was this light, an object that looked like an egg flew over the houses. Everybody was fascinated. And they started yelling that, that, that it was the Americans coming. <laughs> That's what the thought back then, you know, yeah. Cold war and all that. Yeah. And I ran after the, I kind of follow it to the, my backyard and I, it, it hovered there and I stood under it for a while and then I, I kind of lost track of time and, and when I came to, I was like, oh, it seems like I was wet. It was like water, but then I, rem, I don't remember anything else after that. I had several experiences and I had no idea what it was actually back in, back then. I didn't hear I didn't hear about UFOs till I uh, moved to the U.S. back in 1967, 68. Yeah. Oh, I. And here I had uh, my fair share of experiences. I was in the Navy for four years. Uh, I remember one time in uh, we were uh, stationed uh, my my ship in Palma, Mallorca, and the Balearic Islands, and that. Still there. Yeah, I'm here. We had okay. a brief interruption there. All right, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. You were you were saying that you were uh, in the Navy off uh, Mallorca in um, Mediterranean. On my on my ship, yeah, and I saw a couple of UFOs that were disc shaped, metallic. I saw them from uh, using a pair of binoculars where we were docked, and uh, I don't remember if I was alone, but I remember that one that episode. This is back in '77. And if you want, you know, there's other incidents, and uh, they're all in my in the uh, in the humanoid contact database in one of the articles. Of course, I left some of them out. There's just uh, maybe one day I'll include all of them. But uh, I've always been fascinated with the subject, and you know, mostly paranormal stuff, uh, UFOs, mainly entities. That right. this is my thing now, humanoids. I remember reading the old uh, Frank Edwards books. And uh, Harold Wilkins' books, Jack Ballet, of course, and uh, Pass Passport to Magonia, one of the uh, main books that. Uh, yes, that is a siren going by. <laughs> we have an open window at the studio to keep things nice oh. and cool so you can hear the sirens going. It is part of Radio Mysterioso to have sirens going by, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. There'll be more of them, I'm sure. 
Uh, I was going to start a pool to see how many, who could guess how many would come by each show. Um, so if anybody would go to the site, it's all arranged by years, and the years go back to prehistory, I think, all the way up yeah, to the I present. Yeah, I have it all the way back to, like, maybe 4,000 B.C. or something like that. Right. Um, uh, 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was my next question. How how far how how fa- far back does it go? What's the most recent? Well, uh, looking at my uh, for night for for the year this year 2013, I already have summarized about 70 reports already. I'm looking right. at my because uh, I haven't the ones on the uh, on the site are not updated uh, because I update my I already update my my files daily. I try to anyway. Right. But the most recent that that I have here, I, I'm looking at my. Uh, hold on one moment. Sorry. Go ahead. No hurry. Okay, I'm going to switch over to the phone because this is just the, this is just taking way too long, and if this happens again, it's just going to be ridiculous. Oh, it's ringing. We lost. Yeah, I think I think yeah I think we should just we should just can you hear me okay. Okay. You were you were looking up. I think I asked you about the earliest report and then the latest one. You said there were seventy so far in two thousand thirteen. Right, seventy so far. Yeah. How? Well, like I said, I keep saying, oh, there's hundreds, there's thousands. How many reports are on the site right now? Well, I I recently did a count, a yearly count, and I almost got seventeen thousand cases. Wow. Cases already. Huh. This is uh, from world, you know, all over the world. Many known cases, many unknown cases, many cases from uh, old books, magazines, uh, periodicals, uh, uh, many from other countries that I translated myself, mostly from the Spanish, French, and, and, and some other languages. A lot of Russian cases huh, yeah. that uh, uh, were translated for me, many of them, and a lot of them I translated myself. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, also, what it, I will feel free to talk as long as you want on any of these things. You don't have to give me a short answer as long as you want to take. It's uh, it's very informal. Um, the, here's a question okay. that's, that people might ask. You just take all these reports, and I think you assign a reliability rating to them. How do you come up with that? Well, I I used to do a real yeah one of real uh, one of those ratings. Sorry. Uh, but I, I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, a lot of the reports, especially the ones I get firsthand and from other researchers, like from uh, France or Canada or firsthand, I have connections in different countries. Yeah. Uh, those are more, of course, reliable. I'll give, give those a higher rating. Of course, and I don't really believe in all these cases that I have there. Of course not. Of course not. I include many cases that are possible, you know, obvious hoaxes, but I like to include everything in there, maybe for future research. Right. Uh, you know, there there's cases uh, from uh, uh, that I receive from people that call me directly or they send me emails. I only researched personally local cases here in South Bay County. Uh, I have quite a few. But uh, I have talked to many other witnesses on the phone, and I, I you know, sometimes I realize the person's nuts. That happened many times. I go, I go, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I get emails from somebody that they're totally off the wall. You know, I eliminate those. 
I get many cases from uh, the Mu the Mu site and from other sites. UFO Info sends me cases, and uh, like I said, I collect cases uh, worldwide. Poland, I, they send me the cases, then I have to translate it. It's kind of difficult to translate Polish, but it, once I do, they're pretty interesting cases. You keep referring that there's a uh, to the fact that you have a lot of cases from different countries. Right. And I'm kind of getting my head ahead of myself on the questions. Not that it matters. I mean, we can go through them all. But do you see any? Are there more cases from other countries, or you know, are they stranger? Are they different? What do you see as the main difference, if there is any, between cases from United States, I guess English-speaking countries, North America, and someplace like, like you said, like Poland or South Africa or wherever you're getting these, Russia, wherever you're getting these reports from? Well, you know what? Uh, recently, it's been a uh up to uh, early th th 2013, there was a rash of incidents in Spain, a lot of humanoid uh, encounters, and they were pretty weird and wild cases. But now you, you, I look at some of the incidents here reported in the U.S., and uh, they're no less uh, stranger than those. I think uh, they're pretty similar in nature. Uh, so back in the 89, 1990, there was a huge wave of encounters in Russia, the former Soviet Union, yeah. and uh, mostly Eastern Europe, Ukraine. And some of those cases there, uh, researched by a lot of the Russian, uh, you know, early Russian researchers, were really wild. Really, I mean, if you if you read some of the summaries there on the 89 and 1990, you you'll realize what I'm talking about. Uh, and the U.S. you will get cases like that back in the early 50s and the 60s. And then in the 70s, we tended to go into the abduction phenomenon. Uh, the contact was less, you know, it was more like abduction. We got into the, especially when, when the 80s started. And then the Grays came along. The, I like to call them the Johnny Comfort of ufology there. Uh, because if, if you ever uh, read the Passport to Madonia database from Spout and some of the, uh, the the humanoids from Bowen and Allen, none of the none of the entities described in those books are are comparable to the to the grade. No, they're not. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the, but then you get the case like for Walton. He he encountered entities similar. I mean, there were grades, but he also encountered human type beings on board a ship. I, get, I, yeah, I think he, he's one of the first cases that great type entities were, were reported. Nowadays, everybody that I get people saying, sending me emails saying that they they saw a gray and I, I, I have saw a gray in my backyard. There's a gray here and there. And I don't <laughs> know. I, 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 I get kind of a, when somebody's reporting a gray because it seems like a, a, a something that Hollywood has really, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's like um, too much movies about grace. Yeah. Too well, many. that's that's another question of mine. You know, how do you think? And I'm not even going to look at the question I wrote, but what I was thinking of was, how do you know? How do we know? How can we be sure, if that's even possible? that what people are reporting and seeing aren't something that's being worked on by their subconscious because of what they've seen, what they've heard, the culture, whatever. Do you, how much of a role do you think that plays in these different reports? 
I don't know. Sometimes I think about that, but there, then I find cases that, uh, from different parts of the world, one case from the Ukraine and one case in South Miami here, they're almost identical to each other. And one case occurred in back in 1963 and the other one in 1990. So maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there is a connection with the, uh, with the culture that, uh, the, I, I don't know, but I, but, uh, I don't think it's, I mean, I'm not saying they're all from uh, ETs either. Oh, no, I wasn't, I really I wasn't saying that. Uh, I was saying I think these people, a lot of people on your site that give these reports are seeing something, and they think it's external right. to them, and it, it probably is in a lot of the cases. But since this is my idea, since we don't have a real good idea of how to report, talk about, look at, perceive these things we the brain is just sitting there going what is it what is it and it kind of gloms on to the first thing that it that that fits the you know what they the, what they might be seeing it's kind of a valet idea i guess or john keel well true you know the brain is, is, is most of the brain we don't know how it works and god knows we, maybe we go into some kind of uh some kind of fuse or some kind of uh catatonic state that somehow we're able to see Things that are maybe are around us all the time, and, and and we can only see them in that state. Yeah, I don't know. I believe I believe in uh, possibly in other dimensions that are with us the whole, the whole time, and at times maybe there's some kind of portal or some kind of hole that or that opens up either intentionally or accidentally, and something goes through, and that's when we get encounters like this. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's one of my theories. Yeah. I, I kind of have the same idea. And I like how you say one of your theories because it, I think you know from looking at all this stuff and I can tell from reading some of your essays that you don't really have one theory that you stick to because none of them would fit all this all these strange things. I don't because if you look at the, if you look at all the uh, incidents there, there are so many uh, different and type of encounters and different type of entities that then you look at it you go, wow, if these people... If, uh, humanoids or entities, whatever they are, all from out of space. Why are they coming here so much? What's so in, what's so important about us here? A little speck of uh, dust here in the, in the in the backwaters of the Milky Way. I don't know. I, maybe they're here. Maybe they're what? Maybe there maybe there are ETs visiting here, uh, Earth. Maybe they have come before. I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I I'm saying them. The majority of these uh, entities are from different, I mean, are not uh, extraterrestrial. Maybe they're from Earth, but in a different uh, plane or maybe a different dimensional. That's real interesting to me to hear you say that. After looking at all these things and seeing the, 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 the spectrum, all the different things that are happening, that you come, kind of come to the conclusion, at least for yourself, that maybe it's a lot closer to home than, than a lot of people would want to admit uh, or want to talk about it. I don't think the aliens want us talking about this. I've done interviews on my cell phone many, many times. This is the only time I've been cut off. There we go. I've done interviews on these on my phone many, many, many times, and this is the first time I've had problems with the phone. <laughs> I don't know, but we we keep I keep hearing an echo, and we keep breaking out. Uh, and maybe the humanoids don't like us talking about them. Who knows? Well, if if that's... Let, me go to, let me go to another part of the room here. 
Uh, what I was saying was that it's interesting for me to yeah. hear that uh, somebody like you, who's looked at all these reports and just filed through all of them and categorized them and read them all and talked to these people, come to the conclusion that it's really hard to stuff all this into an extraterrestrial explanation, which is what most people would figure that's what it is. And it's, yeah, it's hard to reconcile with all the data. Um, how do you organize all the data? I mean, it, it, could you explain it to people uh, without them looking at it? It's, I notice you have different, like, entity types and, and uh, reliability, and uh, there's a few other things, too. Well, like, like, you, uh, like you pointed out, I, I have a chronological order. And I uh, I try to uh, I use different types of C three uh, uh, like types type A B C D and then E F G yeah. H and then I added another one X which is it deals with uh, an encounter so weird that uh, doesn't fit into any of the others but you know but anyway. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, a lot of the cases that I have there from the, or, you know, the middle of the 19th century, 1880s, 1870s, 1860s. Back then, uh, people did call uh, these entities uh, extraterrestrials. Most of these cases there are people or they're reporting what they call. They either call them ghosts, specters, or demons, or or the devil itself, and they, they give it different names. But then when you read the report, uh, sometimes the whoever wrote the report, the, the newspaper reporter, sometimes they use their own description. But it, it, some of these cases are similar in nature to uh, modern-day encounters. Then, you, then, of course, later on, you got the 1890s when you got all these uh, the, the airships reports. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe, maybe many of them were or newspaper hoaxes, but I, I don't know, maybe there were some real encounters there also. And you got the 1820th century uh, early. We've got many cases of humanoids there also. Yeah. And not, not after, uh, I think in the 1940s, if you believe some of the early contact season, that's when people started talking about extraterrestrials. Of course, we got other people before that, but not that many. Mostly in science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's funny. You talk about, and I haven't looked at the ones from the 19th century so much on your site. What What do people describe? Or, or is there any, you know, normal, I guess, quote unquote, normal entity sighting from the 19th century? Or is it kind of all over the map? And if it isn't, or if it isn't, you know, what kind of stuff were people seeing and reporting? Well, a lot of these reports were like uh, entity. Similar to Bigfoot, there were called wild men, the wild men reports, and many of these. Uh, let me look here. Many of them were like people reporting what they thought were ghosts, but then when when you read the description, it sounds more like uh, some kind of humanoid. But but they were mostly all over the place. Not something. I'm very few were accompanied by a, a craft or or an object. Yeah, I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is that this humanoid reports that they think, oh, it's things coming out of structured craft and encountering people. And that that is probably the minority of what's on your site. Yeah, uh, there there are still cases like that, but they're the most uh, that I have on my site is the Type E incident, which I 
Those are the ones that are somebody's and somebody or, or, or maybe more than one witness encounters a uh, an entity or entities uh, without a, an object or a UFO. Most of these are like what I call bedroom visitations. Or maybe you're out there and then hunting somewhere and you come upon a, a an entity or a humanoid. You know, that's most a lot of the cases are that type E encounters. Right. Now, there's one, you know, like this case here, and uh, this is from Greece back in 1875. Uh-huh. This is from uh, some a guy that used to collect uh, fol- folklore and, and reports and uh, encounters from people that used to live in the area. This is from near Sparta. There were two men hunting when they heard the sound of a baby crying or screaming. Then they saw what a, uh, something that looked like a dwarf, about two feet tall, with long hair and sharp teeth. It ran into the brush and disappeared. I mean, what do you make of that? I don't know. It's, it, it, it sounds like a uh, like the little men reports of back in Ireland and Europe, you know, and leprechauns. Which, yeah. believe it or not, uh, there's there's modern day leprechaun encounters also. <laughs> I would believe that. I heard I people talking about that yeah. a few years ago. Go ahead. I had a lady that uh, she joined my humanoid page on Facebook, and she sent me an encounter which she had in, uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, she was sleeping. She woke up, and there was something sitting on the bed. And, and when she looked at it, it, it was just like a, a leprechaun in huh. a hat, an old wearing all green. And this happened back in the. I believe in the late 70s, and it's just smiling at her, and she like, I mean, what do you, what, what are we to make of that? I don't know. I, I can say that's something from another planet. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it was, you but know, maybe know. it was some sort of, you know, sleep, st- you know, what's it called, uh, hypnagogic state or whatever but the the thing the yeah. fact remains yeah. that there that, that you know she reported that and i think some of the time that, that there might be a hypnagogic state other times there might be somebody's in a state where they can see something external to them and maybe other times there is an actual real physical thing there and but you never know i guess yeah and uh also what's interesting is some of the uh what i the virgin mary encounters like the one in fatima in portugal yeah uh, a lot of those cases were very similar to the humanoid encounters. And there's a book out on that uh, that claims that what really was encountered there was uh, possibly extraterrestrial activity. Yeah, I think but there's I, a couple like that uh, on that specific there, se- uh, case. You know, there, there's a case here that, that I found, and this case is not too well known, but is in... I don't know if you uh, remember Harold T. Wilkins, uh, Flying yes. Saucers on the Attack. Yes, I do. Yes, I have that book, and I remember have read he, it. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, that's one of the first books I read. He, in, that, in this book, he, he mentions a case. According to him, some, someone sent them the, the report that they got from their grandfather or somebody from their family. Uh-huh. Supposedly occurred in around 1880 in Missouri. Unknown, uh, didn't he didn't an exact location was was not given to him, but it says that there was a man and hunting another hunter, 
in the hills, and, and this guy reported seeing a round craft descend from the sky and land on top of a nearby hill. Now, he climbed the hill to investigate, see what it was, and he came upon a large, what he described, a large silverly ball-shaped object. Then uh, he saw a hatch open and uh, on top of the object, and two short human-like figures emerged. He said that one of them was a female and the, uh, the other one was a male, and he described them as very handsome-looking. According to this guy, they attempted to communicate with him in a strange dialect and then retreated back to the silverly, silverly ball, which then took off to the sky and vanished. I mean, that's it. That's one of the uh, most uh, type, uh, uh, I mean, entity encountered with a craft, UFO-like craft back in the 1880s that I, could, that I found. This is in uh, in his book Harold T. Wilkins, Flying Saucers on the Attack. Right. I don't have the page here with me, but I do. But I know it's on that book. I mean, not too many people know about that case. But I, I mean, I, I I have read everything that under the sun. Yeah. About you and, and entities. <laughs> I bet. You know, it, as you say that, I'm I don't know why I thought of this, but there's a um, one of my favorite cases ever, and it's an entity case was uh, something right. that looked like terry cloth covered bananas. <laughs> That's what the person what, said. What, no? the, the, it occurred, I think, in Peru or Chile along the Pan-American Highway in the 1950s. I can't remember which book I found it in. But what they just, they said that these, that, uh, these people saw something land next to the highway, I think, and they somehow ended up inside or next to this object. And what they saw were these things moving around that looked like Tan terry cloth covered bananas. <laughs> I don't know how they moved. I don't know what they did or if it, they tried to communicate it, with them. Well, but the you know that's that's an example of an extremely strange, bizarre one that you 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 know. Entity, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know. That might be in one of your files somewhere. I, don't, I guess I could kind of look it up. But is that is that from nineteen fifty two? I, I don't remember. It was the 1950s, and it was South America, and like I said, it was along the, uh, what's that called, Trans-American or Pan-American Highway? Trans-American Highway. Yeah, because it I goes... Think, I think, is that for... Okay. Because that, that highway... Is Richard Greenwell? Maybe. I don't know if it was in a Lorenzen okay. book or a Keel book or what, but that, that's one of my favorite ones I remember, because it just... It's so bizarrely out of place. It's not a thing. It's not a... I mean, it's not a something with arms and hands or a face or anything like that. It's just a banana shaped thing looked like it was looking like it was covered in tan terry cloth. <laughs> like a like a towel. <laughs> well Yeah, that is, that is bizarre. I think I know which I think I know which one you're talking about. And the Pan American Highway this is I think back in fifty two. Yeah, well they built yeah, that I, highway I, out through the middle of nowhere and I think people started encountering stuff because Nobody had been through those, you know, deserted areas ever, and suddenly people were driving through them all the time. No, it doesn't get any weirder than, uh, remember the case in Minnesota in 65? The beer cans? Uh, where this guy, yeah, in Lone Prairie, <laughs> Minnesota. <October>. Yes. <laughs> the beer cans with fins on them. Why, why don't you describe it? He saw, he, saw, he saw something, first of all, he saw something that looked like a rocket on the floor, on the ground. Yeah. And then near around it, there were tiny entities that came out of it and approached them. He said they were only about six inches high, and they looked like tin beer cans 
with matchstick legs and arms. <laughs> I mean, you could figure that one out. Yeah. The, the guy's name was, uh, he was a disc jockey, I think. Uh, yeah. James Townsend. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he got, he gotten off the, the late shift. It's all these people that work the late shift and police and <laughs> people standing outside smoking and things like that. Oh, they go out to smoke a cigarette, and then there's a flying saucer right there across the street. Can yeah. You that? That's true. You're right. Some I don't smoke. Man, if I do, I probably would have seen more of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think somebody somewhere on one of my lists or somewhere I saw, maybe on Facebook, said, we ought to thank all the smokers. They're the ones that go outside and see a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the night, at 4 o'clock in the morning, you go out there and have a cigarette. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect? You know, now that, I, now that I think about it, it's pretty sad that I, I know all these cases are, like, right off the top of my head. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I mean, it's 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 amazing to, to hear about these cases. Like I said, it's this is just a personal thing of mine. I love the stories. It's one of the few parts of the UFO phenomena, or at least, you know, paranormal phenomena, whatever you want to call it, that still interests right. me because there's such a variety, um, and it seems to vary with... Time, place, culture, um, I guess personality of the person reporting it, all kinds of stuff. Uh, does that, does, do you have sort of that same idea or is it a little bit different? Well, it's true because a lot of those cases, a lot of the cases have, have, have some, have a paranormal slant to them. I mean, they're, they're not just nuts and bolts, you know, full cases with entities. Yeah. A lot of them have to do with, you know, um, a very you know paranormal like in nature. Yeah, uh, we I have cases where people have you know try to communicate with a extraterrestrial with a Ouija board. Something that something I don't recommend anybody, but they uh, they try to do that, and then they get in contact with something or somebody, and then the, after that they do they do have an encounter either with an entity or with a UFO. Really? Uh, can you give an example, maybe? There's a there's a couple of, there's an example you know, in the in the in the book the Utah UFO display he, in one of the, in the chronological section there's a, a case like that of um, Ouija board contact I haven't added that case yet to my file but there is a case like that I know a couple of cases from Spain in which uh, the the couple of young people you know attempted to communicate and they were directed to go on to a certain location and on a hill or something, and then they were approached by an entity or by a, by a UFO. Uh, I'll have to find the case. Maybe I'll forward it to you, you know, as the summary. Okay. There's several cases like that. Yeah, because it, it it's uh, there's a lot of crossover. People don't realize or think about this, uh, that, uh, and, uh, you know, UFO, people that study them, people that lecture about them, um, the big... Uh, groups like MUFON are really hesitant to include this fact in uh, aspect in a lot of in, in the phenomenon is the paranormal aspect and the the psychic aspect and the fact that they're well another subject I want to talk to you about Bigfoot is seen around UFOs uh, a lot of the time or around places with strange lights and things like that. There, there are a lot. Uh, of... I have I have hundreds hundreds of cases with UFOs with almost a direct connection. Uh, with Bigfoot and UFOs and paranormal and UFO, I mean, and Bigfoot that disappear, become invisible. You shoot them and they're immune to gunfire. You know, I think Bigfoot is, is not an animal. That's why. Uh, 
Yeah. There's a still a debate going on whether Bigfoot is a physical animal, which biologists and uh, that look into it, I guess, and, and, and Lauren Coleman and people like that think. And then there's a whole other group that think it's some sort of entity that you're never you're never going to find it buried. You're never going to find you're never going to be able to shoot one because it's not a physical entity in the way that we think it's physical of, of physical. Well, every time that there's somebody coming out with a, saying that they, they have a body of a Bigfoot, remember like those guys in Georgia a couple of years back or last year, they had it in that, supposedly they had it in the freezer. It, it was all a big, uh, you know, hoax. I don't think I don't think nobody's going to be able to ever shoot a Bigfoot or catch one. No, because it's it's. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be affected physically by bullets, at least in a way that we think it would be physically affected by bullets. It might react True. physically, but if you go over there and pick it up, I don't. I I think it might disappear, or or you hit it and it runs off into the forest yelling, and then you can't find it. I mean, I've heard things like that too. It disappears, yeah, it disappears in front of you, right in front of you. And it. It's, I, I know. Yeah. My my selfish theory of uh, reflexive uh, paranormal that you need to be it's almost like you know the tree falling in the forest you, there need there needs to be some sort of witness somewhere to to have the thing exist in in a certain way I guess somebody has to see it somebody has to react to it you know uh, even if there's right. foot just footprints or you know physical traces left. It does. It really doesn't. It, the, the, there was probably something there observing it while it did that, be it an animal or whatever. I, I do not know, but I, it, it's a lot deeper than I think that we've gotten in 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 the way the world is put together, physically, psychically, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we've got so many strange terms for what things are that I don't think really approach what it is uh, in a way I that we can you're understand. Right. It I believe that too. Yeah. So, I, there, there's so much things that we don't know about our universe, uh, you know, the quantum physics and uh, the new, you know, that's the trial of, uh, you know, the universe is actually made up of 90% what they call black matter. Well, we don't even know what it is, or, but that's a theory. Yeah. It puts the universe, that, that's what it's made of. Uh, dark matter, I'm sorry, dark matter. And uh, Yeah. They haven't really discovered it yet, but they know it's there somehow. Uh, by its effects. And, right. right. And they can't figure out what it is, but they know that it's affecting things, so that the only thing, they, and it's, it acts like matter, but they can't find it. So it's just called, you know, that's the, the term for it, I guess, is dark matter. And it's funny, you can apply that, I guess, to some of the, the, the paranormal stuff. We We don't know why it's there, but it does affect us, at least emotionally and... Um, uh, perceptually and sometimes physically and psychically. So, you know, what what do we call it? Yeah, we know we know <laughs> we know it's there, and we can find it. And though we don't know exactly where it is, but we know it's there. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this a little earlier. I wanted to ask you what what it's the most like the thing the most bizarre things you've encountered that you think have a really high degree of, what do you want to call it? Uh, uh, reliability to it, I guess, but just something so strange, like, you know, a, a, a amorphous blob of gas or something like that. What, what, what kind of really strange entity reports have you seen? And I know, and I just want to give people an idea. It's not just 
leprechauns or even or Bigfoot or Greys or whatever, but just what the huge spectrum of stuff you have on your site. Yes, so many of them. Um, there's cases there that are really, yeah, amorphous blobs. Yeah, with, that appears to be intelligent. And of course, uh, there's this case up in in '75 in Wales with this kid. Uh, came up uh, on a landed object that was a trans- transparent uh, dome, and inside the dome he saw something that it looked like a blob, like a jelly, pinpricks or light or dots on it that was moving like a jelly. And there were, he saw, I think, two of them inside there. And, I mean, maybe those, those things were the occupants of the, the UFO. Uh, so this case was in uh, from uh, Wales, the uh, There's also cases uh, tiny entities like the ones in Malaysia. Uh, apparently, these tiny humanoids or micro euphonauts, like some people call them, armed with a what appear to be pistols. They shoot at the people and they. They don't really injure you, but the, you get like a sting in your according to the, some of the witnesses. I had cases like I had cases of giants, giant humanoids, over four meters, five meters tall. And it's everything in there. Any any other ones? Like really really strange ones? Okay, I, I have another one that I wanted to ask. Do you or okay. does anybody you know catalog effects on people? Not specifically, maybe physical effects, all those those happen, but lasting uh, psychic effects, psychological effects, life changes, things like that. I think that's part of the uh, equation that hasn't been paid enough attention to. Well, it is part of it because uh, many of the cases that I include, there's definitely a change, and there's definitely a, you know <clears throat> different types of effects. But a, a specific catalog that I know of, no, I don't know one. There's, of course, there's catalogs with uh, physical effects on people, like injuries, burns, or whatever. You know, there's a catalog like that. But uh, as far as the kick uh, effect of people, I don't know a specific catalog. But I know it's, uh, it's true. It happens. People have their lives changed after encounters like that. The view of the, view of the world changes. Yeah. Some people be- some people become vegetarians or. I don't know, it's total change. I know that. Well, what kind of changes happen? I mean, the the one I can think of, as I guess as a jumping off point, is that one that Stan Gordon investigated, I think in 1968 in Pennsylvania, where the, there were Bigfoot entities and UFOs, and the main witness suddenly had kind of a psychotic break in the middle of the, the uh, yeah. when the investigators arrived and started yelling about the end of the world and they're here and yeah. can't you see them and all this and then he, I think his girlfriend left him and he moved out of the state and you know this this ha- this also happened to um, Herbert Shermer in uh, that Ashland Nebraska one in '67 yeah that he was abducted yeah and also happened to uh, those two police officers that chased the UFO in Ohio in '66. Yeah, they were ran out of town, and they, one of them had to move out, and you know, it wasn't. And also, there's uh, another case in '73, another police officer in Alabama. Remember the guy that took the picture, the photo? Yeah, the, the uh, what looks like, like something like wrapped in aluminum foil. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people said that, 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 that somebody hoaxed him, but I don't know. I, I'm not too sure about that. 
Yeah, I don't. Case. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of that case, and it does. You look at the picture; it's like, oh God, that's somebody in an aluminum foil suit. But I don't know the specifics of the case, so I I don't know for sure. What do you know about it? He says that the entity ran alongside his vehicle, and he was going like fifty miles an hour. Important <laughs> to you know, and and at the same time, there was a lady had reported a UFO in the area. Oh, this is back in '73 uh, in October. There was a, I remember a, a very uh, a wave of UFO encounters, and mostly in the U.S. A lot of entity reports. '73. Yeah. That's that's the year of the uh, the one you were talking about, Stan Gordon case. And that was actually 1973. Oh, was it? Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think causes the? Yeah, what do you think causes the waves or the flaps or whatever you want to call them? Do you have a theory about that? The waves of of, um, of fear? No, no, sightings. Or... Uh, the, suddenly there's you oh, know, I'm sorry. a year or a few months or an area or whatever that has in sp in time and space that have a lot of sightings. What, what do you do? You have any ideas about where that comes from? What causes that? If it's you know, is there some uh, window area? Really... Are there people affected somehow psychically? Who knows? What do you think? Maybe there, maybe there's a, I don't know, maybe there's a temporary window that's open in that area, and all these things come through, and then it closes. But I really have no idea. Uh, yeah, I could, you know, we could only speculate. I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you get to the point where you think in a lot of cases, a lot of these things, that using what we usually use to examine things, and the language we use to describe it, and the that might be the most important part, the language we use to describe it. But what it, what all this stuff is, all the things that are on your site, all these entity reports, the humanoids, are kind of designed not to be examined in the way that we normally examine things. Because if you do, you just keep running up against a wall. Oh, no, you can't. You, it, the scientific method doesn't really work here. I don't think it's no such thing as a scientific method when it comes when it comes to dealing with stuff like this. I don't think so. I, it's totally something that is not normal, uncommon. It's totally uncommon to you know, to human, you know, with uh, encounters. Uh, it's not it's not a, a normal everyday thing. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I agree. It was leading me into another question, and I, I totally lost what the question was. Well, anyway, um, we were talking about some of the weirder ones and the way people describe them and, and some of the things that are kind of off the map. I've got this idea that the that the weirdest ones, the most bizarre ones, might be the most believable because it might be the, who would make up such crazy stuff? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I thought of that, too. That's why when I sometimes I say to myself, I believe somebody... I tend to believe somebody more that uh, says they, they ran into a a 10-foot-tall Cyclops-type entity than, than somebody that comes to me and says, hey, there's, I, there, I saw two graves in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, because, uh, like you say, we'll come up with stuff like that. Well, why would anybody come up with something like that? I don't know. But you're right. And yeah, and the and maybe even the earlier back it goes, 
you know, when the communication between people wasn't so instantaneous, the further back you go, and right. the, the the more that people couldn't really compare notes, it seems like it. I have a little bit more interest in trust. I don't know what the word is, faith, or at least in. Uh, uh, um, think that those data points might be a little more valuable than ones where, like you said, where somebody says, "I saw a gray for the eight thousandth time." I know. That's what I'm trying to say. And nowadays, it's, it's like almost instantaneously you can get information. I like right. to have people email me and telling me that, that the day before they encountered this or they saw that. And back in the 80s and the early 90s, we didn't have that in the 70s. Right. Uh, you, you were really likable. And the researchers that would publish a pamphlet or magazine once in a while publish a book. Right. And it wasn't uh, something that would be on the news either, unless it was something like... Uh, Travis Walton, you know, something that, for some reason, there were a lot of witnesses to that, event, and that's why it hit the news. Right. And the, and the Hickson and Parker abduction, you know, again, from 1973. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And same uh, Mississippi. Pascadula. You know, you know what I always thought about that? The things they encountered, they look like kachinas. They're definitely... Strange. They were mummy-like, and they, they were had claws. Not your not your typical, uh, you know, not your typical uh, UFO uh, entity of, uh, of nowadays. You're gray. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> Even in the 1970 wave, the 1973 wave, none of the entities reported in the U.S. were uh, gray types. None. What do you think changed that? Why? Why the big thing with the grays? Why is that? Why was that a craze for a while? What, what was up with the grays craze? What caused it? Do you think? I don't. Know. I'm not saying there's no such entities. I had a. I had some cases. Very credible people reporting, which I think are credible reporting great type entities. I don't know. Uh, definitely the uh, books by Bud Bud Hopkins, missing missing time. And uh, the books by Willie Strieber. Yeah. And then all the uh, movies we had, all the uh, shows taken. Because if, if you read the, uh, the Betty and Barney Hill case, the entities, they were not really great. They were tall. They were wearing uniforms. Uh, maybe their, their skin color was pale, but they were not your typical grays. I don't know. I don't know what, where where you come from. Uh, like I said, maybe it was influenced by some of the uh, very popular books that came out in the early '80s. Yeah, were with yeah, but you but, the, but, the, go ahead. But like I said, there were cases of, of great type entities reported before in '75, like Charles Walton and others. But not you know now it's like. There's a hiding behind every rock. And I, t I tend to be uh, careful, or I tend to, you know, I, I don't like to include all those cases. Yeah, because who needs another one? And it, especially if there's nothing other, nothing else kind of bizarre associated with it um, that's, you know, uh, that's occurring in the person's life or occurred during whatever the sighting was or the encounter or whatever it was. 
Um, but the, the funny thing is, the next question that most people would have was would be, well, where the hell did you know Hopkins and and Jacobs and Whitley Strieber and all that get get their idea for the for the grave from? Is that what they saw? Why did so, you know? I know what the answer is because because it was a popular medium and that a lot of people saw it. I guess media, well, and a lot of the uh, most of the uh, cases that Jacobs and Hopkins described, they they got from people that were you know had nautically regressed, and then they remember encounters you know, with Grace back in the in the fifties, forties, yeah. But then when you look at the actual evidence, or actual encounters at the time, none of them are great. Only the people that remember on their hypnotic regression that they were abducted. Right. Back in describing encounters with great back in the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I actually have a, an email question came in. Uh, from I think it's it's uh, I think it's from uh, one of our listeners I think it's Steph it says it, she spelled it kind of weir- weird I think it's just a typo but um, she wants to ask uh, does Mr. Rosales have any cases where humanoids seem to have appeared in whatever sense as a result of people in the area engaging in ritual magic that's one that's something that uh, that John Keel mentioned when when he investigated the Mothman encounters yeah. Uh, maybe it was some kind of creature that was summoned in some, with some kind of a ritual. I, I know uh, of entities that in, encounter uh, as a result of uh, rituals. I, I, I don't really have included those cases because they're more into the uh, what they call witchcraft or more more paranormal than, than entity. But but uh, I'm sure they are. But I haven't included any, any such cases in my files. Oh, okay. They're more like they're more like conjuring and entities, witchcraft, uh, which I really I don't know. I don't. I don't but I know there are cases like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it, 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 to you know, for for that matter, I guess the uh, Ouija board thing would sort of qualify as that. Right, right, Ouija board. Uh, the reason I included those because there were actually UFOs encounter also. But, yeah, I guess the Ouija board would qualify. And also when you bring that up, I, I remember there was a, uh, in the 19, in the late, mid to late 50s, in one of um, George Hunt Williamson's books, you know who he is, right? Yeah. Yeah, Williams, yeah. yeah early contactee. He described a series of experiments where they tried to contact the Space Brothers with uh, a modified Ouija board where he just made a circle with numbers and letters, and they used a shot glass to move over <laughs> the numbers and letters, and they recorded what they thought the Space Brothers were saying to them. Well, yeah, also uh, using automatic writing also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Early contact these, yeah. Yeah, they for that, that matter, you could call, what's her name, Helene Smith, the... Uh, uh, what's that called? Um, from India to the planet Mars, that that large book. Right, okay, I remember. Yeah, Helene Smith, right. Or whatever her real name was. I think she was French. Anyway, she said she was. She had lived on Mars, and she wrote 
in Martian language, and then it turned into another language called Ultra Martian, I think. And she drew pictures of what the life on Mars looked like. And this, I think, was in the when was it? In the late 19th century, I think, or early 20th. Yeah, I, I think she was from Switzerland. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the early, you know, instances of people actually describing, you know, uh, alleged visits to other planets. There are a few essays on the uh, Humanoid Report site that you wrote. And one of them was about all the different crashes in 1947, or supposed UFO crashes. Um, right. Um, in addition to Roswell, which everybody knows and is still fighting over, and it'll never be solved. You documented right. several others, and I think a few other people have attempted to do this. But what what kind of other crashes w w were going on in 1947, and who invest? Well, if you could just describe them, who investigated them? What were they like, and where did the stories come from? And why did you write the thing in the first well, place? <laughs> I don't know. I've always been fascinated with the Roswell thing. In my opinion, I, I think there were actually more than one crash. I think something did crash. I'm not saying what it, that it was some something from the Pleiades or yeah. that I recognized, but it was something crash. Uh, there were many other cases reported, uh, maybe related to. I hear, I hear my uh, neck bone. <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, maybe they're related to the to the Rothwell case. And there's a case in the, the Ukraine, and where the, some kind of object was recovered and taken to Moscow. This is in the summer of 1947. Huh. That's one of the cases there. Uh, there's also. Uh, most of them are, a lot of them are from in the Mexico area. Uh, another one from China. Let me see. Chengdu, China. July 18, uh, so a report of a farmer planting scratch UFO or planting stuff. Of course, there's not too much information on That's what it is. And there's another case. It ends in October, October after that. The last case that I have early October about Cave Creek recreational area in North Carolina. Another crash. But most most of these crashes are left. Most of them are what? You, I or, think or I let I let the crash. Oh, okay. From the U.S. They do it. Right. Yeah. And are these ones that were investigated by the military, or what? Well, what? a lot of where uh, a lot of the sources here are, they claim that they were either investigated by the military, and there was a cover-up. You went to I have the sources at the end of them. Oh, okay. I bet a some. Lot, of, a lot of the uh, a lot of the sources are like Leonard Stringfield. Yeah. Bert Bat or Mupon. Um, there's uh, the Ukrainian case from uh, uh, Dr. Anton Afflop. He's, he's, he's just done a lot of this in Ukraine. And there's Kevin Randall, of course, Jim Morris, Timothy Good, very well known. I think all these uh, uh, articles that I have here, people could uh, state, I don't know if you could print you can save them to your. 
Yeah, I think so. I You keep cutting out, and I don't know if it's from this end or your end. I'm hearing about probably 75% of what you say. There's another uh, article on your site about uh, called Cosmic Cars. Right. Very uh, interesting. This about weird uh, encounters on the roads and on the highways with uh, what I like to call pseudo cars or pseudo vehicles. Right. I think they're like uh, objects that masquerade themselves as, as, as cars or human vehicles, and they're really not. Their occupants are strange-looking humanoids. I have several of those cases there. I, I included the, the, remember the Telly Sabalas encounter? Yeah. Which he says he, uh, in Long Island he came up on a black Cadillac and, and the person that was in the Cadillac supposedly had died and away coming back. That's more, more like a paranormal encounter. But I included it all the black Cadillac. I thought it was old. Uh oh, I think you got cut off again. Wow. This is like a really famous episode for bad uh, communication here. Let's see if we can get uh, Albert back here. Hello? Wow, this is crazy. It's the worst time I've ever had with the phone on this show. <laughs> I don't know why. I was talking about Tally Cabalas encounter. Yes. I yes. included it because it's totally black Cadillac. Right. All oh, in one of my cases. Are you there? Yeah, I think I I'm not going to touch the phone again. I'm going to leave it where it sits because every time I try and get the connection better, it cuts you off. Oh. Anyway, Telly Savalas. That that was a very interesting uh, case, and I have heard about this before. And it it's it's not even like a UFO case. It's just a very strange haunting or you know. Oh, no. Like I say, I included it because it dealt with a, uh, a strange vehicle, a black Cadillac, actually. So that's why I included it. Yeah. Yeah. What What happened in Very that case? If people If people haven't heard that one, what, I I really liked it after I read it. What 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 happened in that case? Can you describe it? Well, according to him, he ran out of gasoline somewhere in Long Island, and uh, he went out looking for a gas station and. They didn't have any money, and all of a sudden, out of the, the out of the dark, this black Cadillac pulled up and stopped next to him. And this guy was talking in a very—he said a very squeaky voice, offering him a ride to a gas station and, and loan him a dollar. He gave him his name and a piece of paper. A phone number, and then he called, and uh, later he called because he wanted to pay him back. And the lady that answered said that this guy had died a few years back. So maybe he encountered some kind of a ghost in a, yeah. in a black cattle. Yeah. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in there, in, in the cosmic cars. <laughs> There's a there's a lot of those cases around. I remember one that's I think might have been in the Flying Saucer Occupants book, um, having to do with a car. There were a few different car ones. It was uh, one where somebody was. It's all in South America for some reason. 
people are driving along and they they um one of them drove into something that looked like a bunch of fog or something and they ended up you know three hours later somewhere oh, yeah. else and it was it only seemed like teleported, they were in this fog. yeah yeah they were teleported yeah apparently i got one i don't know how they sent the question in but it was uh oh i see it's it's it was forwarded forward forwarded through the uh Kill radio la at gmail dot com um, email and I, I was able to pick it up. So if you want to write any questions for Mr. Rosales on uh, through that email account, Kill Radio LA, Kill Radio letter L letter A at gmail dot com. My my phone turned off. I don't know. I went to pull my uh, I went to take my dog out and my my phone pulled just turned off. I, I th- like I said, this is one of the weirder shows I've ever had with technical problems with the phone, and I don't know why I don't that know is. I, I'm here in this. Uh, I went to another room now. Maybe it's better here. Yeah, maybe know. maybe so. We'll see. <laughs> Let's try this one for a while. Are there any other car? I didn't read the car article. I just brought up the idea. You know, remembering that that teleportation one. Are there any others? Any sure. other like a strange? There's got to be many, many car stories, like paranormal car stories. There's uh, there's a lot of those uh, teleportation stories of vehicles. In the in the 90s, there were many of them. And for some reason, in Spain, there were a whole slew of them from the starting in the 90s to the year 2000. The whole decade, there were different parts. People will go out driving, and the highway end up 40 miles away all of a sudden. Yeah, in a second, in another town, part of town, and they had they had no no idea how they got there. And, it's, and it was a some multiple of them, witness. Uh, some of them, well, some of them in, in, uh, reported seeing lights, strange lights, and stuff, and a lot of them didn't see anything. They just felt some kind of a maybe a slight breeze or something. The car moved funny, and all of a sudden they were in a different location. Yeah, that's weird. And those keep the actually those. Are not uncommon. I mean, the, the, there's been more than one report of teleportation in cars, um, and it's been going oh, yeah. on for a long time. And then the, there's certain places. I think, um, oh, who wrote Mysterious America? Was that Lauren Coleman? I think it was. Uh, I talked Lauren about, Coleman. yeah, he talked about certain who I want to have on this show at some point. He talked about uh, there was a chapter on certain areas of the roads of roads where people would drive off the road for no explicable reason. And they would never even remember doing it. Uh, uh, a... I heard of a couple, yeah, a couple cases in the UK. Yeah, uh, people driving alone, and they look, and there's this road that they never seen before. Yeah, and they feel the urge to take that road, and uh, some of the other people in, on, in the car they prevent them from doing that thing. You know, thankfully, and it turns out there was nothing there. And then if they would have taken that route, they would have they would have been involved in an accident or something. They would have. Huh. Driven up the road, yeah, very strange. I don't know what it could cause that. Yeah, well, I once I had uh, twice actually. I've had uh, Richard Sennett, who's a uh, ghost investigator, on, and he said that one time they went to a house where there was a window, where there hadn't been a window before. It was a ghost window in a house. Wow. And he said his wife went and looked out of the window, and then leaned out of the window and he had somebody hold on to her, and then she leaned back in and said she got violently ill right after that the man that lived in the house said he went he went to the window or no they discovered it because they were sleeping one night and he woke up because there was a moonlight in his eyes 
And he he said he's like, I guess I better cl- go close the window because there's I, I I can't sleep with this light. And then he, when he got over there half asleep, he realized there's no window here, and then the window wow. disappeared. And he said he asked his wife what she saw outside the window, and she said she saw a girl playing in like a 19th century late 19th century dress walking along this street and it was all car it was all uh, wooden planks and uh for the sidewalk which is how they used to have sidewalks and she also said she saw a sawmill or something that looked like a sawmill and they went and looked up the records for that house and where it was and there was indeed a sawmill there and you know that had been knocked down in like 1920 or something wow so somehow they were able to see the look into the past yeah, there was something there where time didn't apply and that they were able to see something that didn't belong to the time that they were in. That just came up in my mind as you were talking, you know, about Telly Savalas and about the cars and all that. Are there a lot of these times time shift, time switch things going on in 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 uh the uh cases you have on your site? There's got to be. I have a lot of cases in which people uh Temporarily, uh, suddenly, suddenly find themselves in a uh, in a totally different location that appears to be either somewhere in the future or somewhere in a totally un, uh, a known alien location, or maybe even in the past. They somehow they're briefly uh, teleported for some reason, unknown reason, to, and then somehow they make it back. I guess those are the, the tell their stories are the ones that are able to make it back. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of weird, kind of creepy. And I include stories like that, too. Because uh, it's, not, it's not only, you know, UFOs and entity and cats that have other strange tales in there, too. Right. Like the, like the aviator uh, Goddard, or, or Goddard, Arthur Goddard, he went flying and he somehow in his aircraft, just in the 30s, he saw an airport that appeared to be a future airport that wasn't even you know, built yet in, in England. Huh. And years later, he he, he did, and, and you know the airport was built, but he apparently he saw it before it was built. He somehow he was transported into the future, briefly, in this aircraft. Yeah, I've heard that one. This happened in 1930 something, 36 maybe. Uh huh. Yeah, out of out of place places. <laughs> right, right. Well, we did go well, over this. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, it's, I was just saying it's twelve thirty here. You know, uh, I don't know what what time is it over there now. Is three hours different? Is it nine thirty over there? It is nine thirty here right now. We have half no, an hour left. I like to I like to turn in. This is okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right, I, I won't make you stay up. I, I, I'm sorry you didn't understand that it was eight o'clock here and ten o'clock your time, so it was eight to midnight. Uh, I'm sorry. I just need. I'm just for some reason today. I'm like extremely tired, but you know, I, I, I won't mind doing it again. I get some more sleep. I didn't get too much sleep today. Okay, well then we will do it again because it's absolutely fascinating. I'd like to go into the subject a little more and then probably dig in and. And uh, find a few of these uh, different um, yeah, cases. Talk about and, some of the cases. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Albert. I, I I'll let you go to sleep then. I'm sorry. I, I sorry I kept you up, but thanks for staying up uh, late on your end and, and talking to me. It's absolutely fascinating and one of the few things that actually keeps me interested in the UFO subject. So, so thank you so much. No, thank, uh, thank you. Thank okay. You. It's, a, it's a my pleasure, and I'm sorry about about all the phone problems we had. 
Yeah, well, I don't know whose fault it was. It's nobody's fault. It's just I think the entities don't like it, like you said. <laughs> they don't want us talking about them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Greg. All right. I'll talk to you again soon, I hope, and then we'll, we'll get you back on. We'll, we'll pick another date. Okay. Take care. All right. You too. Thanks so much. Oh. Bye. Bye. Well, that was uh, Albert Rosales. I, I think he thought that. I was go- uh, it was eight o'clock his time that we were supposed to talk, not not eight o'clock Pacific time. The other thing is there was the time change, and he probably didn't even you know like a lot of people, he's probably screwed up with the time change and didn't exactly know when I was going to call. Okay, well that's fine, but God, we went over a lot of stuff. That is amazing that he even has that side up, and it's it's a treasure trove. Um, I gave a lecture last week, or week before last, to a bunch of. Um, Uh, elementary and like middle school kids and i said if you guys are interested in alien stuff go and look at albert's site go look at the humanoid reports site Uh, i hope some of them did if anybody wants to call in here uh i we can talk a little bit talk about uh the interview or anything else you want to that's uh 213-252-0998 i know i did have about uh 15 or 20 listeners at at uh some point tonight i think i still do yeah. So if anybody listening wants to call in and shoot the bull or talk about what Al, Al, Albert and I were talking about, great. 213-252-0998. Otherwise, I will find something here to play to the computer so it actually can read it. This is a song that Bill Moore actually turned me on to. I could not believe that he knew about this. And I, I think it was of his era, so... Okay. Well, we've. Uh, I have a 
caller here that uh, wants to ask a question about uh, the interview we just had with Mr. Rosales. So go ahead. Okay. Have you ever read any of these reports and thought that everything sounds too human? Uh, I've thought that a lot of them sounded like they were too close to something you would expect, uh, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you read the average science fiction novel, they come up with, well, you can find some with aliens that are a lot more alien than the actual contactee reports of bonds from Venus or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. Um, and I actually, I think I kind of alluded to that on the show, that we don't have... A, I think what you're getting at is a lot of them are made up, maybe? Consciously? Uh, no. Um, not quite. Uh, if they come from a parallel universe or something like that, it would be a better fit for... Something. I'm just pulling stuff out of my rear contact or whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Right That's now. what I do most of the time anyway. So. <laughs> um, and I, I just like talking about physics we don't really know, but we think we do, like the parallel and quantum and all those other buzzword stuff. Yeah. But um, everything, basically, I mean, even the aliens like the greys. They have the eyes and the nose and the mouth and all the same relative positions as yes. humans. They look like humans more than uh, aliens in a way. Yeah. And when you get right down to it, reports like the Pascagoula sighting are see, well Unless you're looking for them, they seem to be exceedingly rare, and there's always more or less sightings of strange humanoids instead. Yeah, I think we did go over that in the show, and I alluded to this by saying that, and, and uh, Albert did too, by saying that if you encounter something that you have no frame of reference for, your memory of such a thing may conform to something that makes more sense to you, whereby something intelligent interacting with you has to, you know, you create whatever the thing is in your own image or close to it to be able to describe it or handle it or whatever. I, I think that's what's going on in a lot of the cases where your mind molds the, even either during it or after the, after the fact into something that makes more sense to you, to the witness. I think that might be part okay. of the equation. I didn't hear half the interview because I was struggling with the, my speakers. Oh, okay. Well, I, I will post it within a, a couple of days here. I, I've got days free and um, not as many commitments as I've, had, as I've had in the past, so I try and get on a semi-decent schedule of posting these shows. So, yeah, I'll, I'll put it up pretty okay. soon. We did have a ton of... I've never had so many ca uh, phone problems on a show. Usually it's just flawless. So okay. I don't know what happened. Well... I'm in central time zone, so I usually listen to the first hour, and then I have to go to bed to get up in the morning and go to work at a decent hour. 
Yeah, well, so. I, I'm lucky that I've, I'm still going to work in the afternoon so I can, you know, stay up a little late and do this. But I'm so happy that you <laughs> ha think enough to listen to the show and, 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 and care enough to call in. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I did mean to ask you, sometimes when you don't have a scheduled guest, you don't post those shows, but I didn't realize you weren't doing it until about a month ago. That I wasn't that posting? You had a lot of shows that you were recording or holding, but not hadn't posted yet. the podcast archive. Yeah. No, I've, I've got to work through those, and I think I'm going to, I, I, I'll probably put this one up as soon as possible. One, because it was a good interview, and two, because I don't really have to do any editing on it except for this, some of these, these uh, spots where we, had, where we got cut off. Um, shows where it didn't either come out too well, or I've got technical problems, or I didn't like the interview, like something I said, requires a little bit more editing so that those take a while. But like okay. the ones with the, that one with Tim Benall, there was no editing in that one at all because it went real well. There were no technical problems, and uh, I, you know, it, it's it's just one of those ones where I don't really have to listen back to it to, to listen to all the problems I heard. Because uh, if you, if you want to hear things that you'll never hear in the podcast, listen to the live one. Because <laughs> some of okay. you know, some of sometimes I cut out a bit. Sometimes I cut out almost nothing, and, and it, it you know it just depends. And it's mostly either a technical problem or me sounding like an idiot. Or, you know, a big long pause or something like that. Or if we started talking about something that's completely irrelevant and stupid and, and I don't think anybody would be interested in, like, you know, who, you know, who did we see last week or whatever, who cares about that? What they care about is the subject matter, not, not about anybody's real personal life. So I, sometimes I yeah, cut that well, stuff out, too. Like I said, it sometimes takes me a while to post things, and I only post things where I think it's, it's interesting to me. And also, also um, whether somebody's a big name or no name or whatever, as long as it's interesting to me, I will invariably post it. You know, even uh, nobody interviews Albert Rosales. I don't know why, and that was suggested by Tim Benall a couple weeks ago, and he was right. I, I've been, it's somebody I didn't even realize I've been waiting to talk to forever. So I'm glad, I'm glad we got him on at least for a little while. You've never interviewed Alberto Rosales before. No, I haven't. I think he's only been on probably, he said he'd been on like two other shows, which is amazing to me. <laughs> okay, because I've heard him before, but I don't remember where. Oh, okay. Well, I just, I thought it was, I thought he was a rare person that not too many people heard about, and I, I really wanted to talk to him. Um, Bob Emmenegger is another person like that. I, nobody ever interviews him, but every time I have him on the show, we get into some fascinating subjects, and, and, uh, and I'm trying to remember who he is. He's the guy that made a film uh, in the 1970s called, called UFOs. Um, what's it called? I can't remember the name, but he had a book of the same name. Anyway, he made, he made a UFO film for TV in the 1970s, and he was told by the government that he was going to get a certain, you know, a, a actual footage that they had shot of uh, aliens stepping out of a ship or something like that, and then they pulled it at the last minute. That's what he's mainly known for, but he's he's got so many other things going on in his life, so many other things that's happened to him, so many other ideas, theories about the UFO subject, and he knows so many people that it's, it's just one of those people that kind of sits in the background nobody really knows about, but he's an important part of the UFO subject, and, and also a really nice person and a fascinating guy, so that's why I like having him on. UFOs Past, Present, and Future was the name of the film. Ah, uh, okay. Um, 
Do you think the government really had the footage they were telling him about? You know, I kind of doubt it. I don't, I don't know for sure. Were they planning on giving it to him, but did they yeah. have it in the first place? Yeah, I'm, I'm about somewhere between, you know, 50 to 60% sure that they didn't have any such a thing. But I'm also somewhere between 40 and, you know, 60% sure that maybe they did. Not sure, but that, that's how I break it down right now. You know, my basic idea about this is I'm not sure if the government knows what it's dealing with. It knows that it's dealing yeah. with something real, but not how to control it or explain it, which is why they don't talk about it. That makes sense to me. Um, I have been doubtful of all the reports that the U U.S. got a crash saucer and started reverse engineering it. Yeah. You know, it's what, I think it would probably be on the level of uh, Romans getting laptop computers. <laughs> anyway, thank you for your time. Have a nice day, and, well, have fun next week, too. All right, thanks very much. Thanks for calling in. Wow, we had a we had a listener call in. Amazing. Oh, I couldn't even hear myself. Um, let's see. We got ten minutes left. Um, I don't know if Bob is interested in starting early. <laughs> if you are, uh, Bob uh, from at the show with at the show is about to come on. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, Albert Rosales. Uh, we will get him on another time um, to talk more about this. Actually. Uh, if you like, um, writes, Ooh, there's the base that I was missing the whole program, right, uh, to the show, to the, uh, show address, the Greg at radio mysterioso.com. And, uh, if you have any more questions for him, we'll have him on also, uh, any ideas for, uh, guests as well. I keep getting them and some of the suggestions I take others. I think that's really cool. And then I totally forget about it. Um, which I apologize for. I'll look a little bit more closely. There is a problem with that site that it's really hard for me to log on to it and answer people um, because it has, a, I used a weird, it's totally my fault, I think. I used a weird uh, login um, password and I keep having to change it. I should just write it down somewhere. Anyway, so if I don't answer you right away or ever <laughs> on the Kill Radio, I mean, the, yeah, the RadioMysterioso.com email, Greg at RadioMysterioso.com. Don't take it personally. Uh, I will get that fixed uh, while I'm posting this show here and uh, make sure that it's working so that I can answer people's questions. Let's listen to the rest of Two Little Men in a Flying Saucer and uh, maybe one other, sh one other, one or two other songs, unless somebody else wants to call in two one three two five two zero nine nine eight. But I will have to cut you off in ten minutes uh, for uh, Bob's show here. But uh, here's Ella Fitzgerald with your wonderful uh, entity song. Since we we're talking hours, hours. A flying saucer flew down to earth one day. Looked to left and right of it, couldn't stand the sight of it, and said, Let's fly away. They took a look at a western movie, somebody heard them say, If a horse.
horse can be a star Think how dumb the people are We'd better fly away Then they shook their little green antennas Scratched their purple hair Said this planet is an awful menace Let's go back to where we came from Two little men in a flying saucer Just didn't care to stay no, no. Said it's too peculiar here Headed for the stratosphere And quickly flew away Now they took a look in Medford's field in Brooklyn When the Dodgers played a baseball game hey! Heard all the screaming we must be dreaming cause this planet is insane During their mission Heard a politician making speeches as they traveled by Gabble, gabble, gabble But they departed faster than they started Cause the hot air blew them sky high Two little men in a flying saucer Flew down to earth one day Listened to a radio, saw a television show, and said, Let's fly away. They got their fill of commercial jingles, and they were heard to say, All the people seem to be living in a nursery, we'd better fly away. Traveled all around, and once they'd seen us, said, Let's head for space. We were better off on Mars and Venus. Goodness, what a place to live in. Two little men in a flying saucer just didn't care to stay. No, no. Crossed a crowded thoroughfare. Saw the hats the women wear. And quickly flew. One look and then they flew away. Now I thought flying saucers were only a myth that people from other planets didn't exist. But since they have landed here from outer space, there's cups hunting saucers all over the blaze. Yeah. Now Ipercon and Kipper Ching, they journey down to Earth to do some visiting. And the dance they did was the funniest thing. For as they danced together, every one of them would sing. 